0: Welcome back, listeners, to Sandman Stories Presents, a folklore podcast where I read you to sleep or until the next story. I'm your host, Dustin. Today we are back in the book of West African folktales written down by W.H. Barker. In this story, there are two men whose names determine their fates. Okay, let's begin. Makumawu and Makufia, or I Will Die God's Death and I Will Die the King's Death. Once upon a time, there were two men, who were such great friends, that they were almost always together. They had given one another special names, which were to be used only by themselves. One name, Makumau, meant, I will die God's death, and the other, Makufia, I will die the king's death. By and by, however, the other villagers heard these names, and gradually everyone got into the habit of calling these two friends by their nicknames, in preference to the real ones. Finally, the king of the country heard of them and wished to see the men who had chosen such strange titles. He sent for them to come to court, and they came together. He was very pleased with the one who had chosen the name of Makufia, but he was annoyed at the other man's choice and sought a chance of punishing him. When he had talked with them for a little while, he invited both to a great feast, which he was to give in three days' time. As they went away, he gave a fine large yam to Makumau, and only a small round stone to his own favorite. The latter felt somewhat aggrieved at getting only a stone, while his friend got such a fine yam. Very soon he said, Oh dear, I do not think it is any use carrying this stone home. How I wish it were a yam. Then I would cook it for dinner. Makumau, being very generous, immediately replied, Then change with me, for I am quite tired of carrying my great yam. They exchanged and each went off to his own home. Makufia cut up his yam and cooked it. Makumau broke his stone in half and found inside some beautiful ornaments which the king had hidden there. He thought he would play a trick on the king, so told no one what had been in the stone. On the third day, they dressed to go to the king's feast. Makumau put on all the beautiful ornaments that had come from the stone. Makufia dressed himself just as usual. When they reached the palace, the king was amazed to see the wrong man wearing his ornaments and determined to punish him more effectively next time. He asked Makufia what he had done with the stone, and the man told him he had exchanged it for his friend yam. At first, the king could not think of any way to punish Makumau, as, of course, the latter had not done anything wrong. He soon had an idea, however. He pretended to be pleased with the poor man and presented him with a beautiful ring from his own finger. Then he made promise to come back in seven days and show the ring to the king again to see that it had not been lost. If by any chance he could not produce the ring, he would lose his head. The king did this, planning to get hold of the ring in some way to get the young man killed. Makumau saw what the king's plan was, and so decided to hide the ring. He made a small hole in the wall of his room, put the ring in it, and carefully plastered over it again no one could see that the wall had been touched. After two days, the king sent for the wife of Makumau and asked her to find the ring. He promised her a large sum of money for it, not telling her, of course, what would happen to her husband if the ring were lost. The woman went home and searched diligently, but found nothing. The next day, she tried again, with no better success. Then she asked her husband what he had done with it. He innocently told her that it was in the wall. The next day, while he was out and about, she searched carefully so that at last she found it. Delighted, she ran off to the king's palace and gave the ring to him. She got the promised money and returned home, never dreaming that she had really just sold her husband's life. On the sixth day, the king sent a message to Makumau, telling him to prepare for the next day. The poor man thought of the ring and went to see if it was still there. To his despair, the hole was empty. He asked his wife and his neighbors, all denied having seen it he made up his mind that he was fated to die. In the meantime, the king had laid the ring in one of the dishes in his palace and promptly forgotten about it. When the seventh morning arrived, he sent messengers far and wide to summon the people to come and see a man punished for disobeying the king's orders. Then he commanded his servants to get the palace in order and to take the dishes out of his room and wash them. The careless servants, never looking to see if the dishes were empty or not, took them all to a nearby pond. Among them was the dish containing the ring. Of course, when the dish was being washed, the ring fell into the water without being noticed by the servants. The palace being all ready, the king went to fetch the ring. It was nowhere to be found, and he was obliged to go to the assembly without it. When everyone was ready, the poor man, Makumau, was called to come forward and show the ring. He walked boldly up to the king and knelt down before him, saying, The ring is lost, and I am prepared to die. Only grant me a few hours to put my house in order. At first the king was unwilling to grant even that small favor, but finally he said, Very well. You may have four hours. Then you must return here to be beheaded in front of the people. The innocent man returned to his home and put everything in order. Then, feeling hungry, he thought, I may as well have some food before I die. I will go and catch a fish in the pond. He accordingly took his fishing net and bait and started off to the very pond where the king's dishes had been washed. Very soon he caught a fine large fish. While cutting it open, in order to clean it, his delight may be imagined at finding the lost ring inside. At once he ran off to the palace crying, I have found the ring! I have found the ring! When the people heard him, they all shouted joyfully. He named himself rightly Makumau, for see, the death God has chosen for him, only then will he die. So the king had no excuse to harm him, and he was again a free man. The end. I really like this story. Uh, Nominative Determinism is covered by linguists and economists, and it's really fun to look at. It's about, does your name determine what you do in life? And afternyms are when your name fits your job, almost like you were born to do it. Uh, I like how fate made sure that the man would only die when God chooses it. Fun story. And the podcast shoutout is to the Manic Pixie Weirdo Podcast. Abby takes her time and fleshes out our relationships with different concepts and people. She really thinks about it and is wonderful to see in this deep-as-a-puddle world. And if you like her show as much as I do, give her a like, a rating, and a review. And the listener shout-out is to Departamento de Cortes, Honduras, accounting for 59% of my listens there. It is the main economic hub of the area. San Pedro Sula is the main city in the area and hosts the majority of the economy. It is the largest city in Central America that isn't a capital city. It was also a trading hub of the Aztecs and Mayans and so today's sign off is in Mayan. To my listeners in Departamento de Cortés, I say Dios, Puutik and Kamanseki Malob Kiin. Thank you and have a good day.